Alright, welcome back. Welcome, welcome, welcome back. And we're here on Choose Happy TV. And I got my boy with me today. I got Chuck Bates with me here. And he wants to tell his story. Chuck, why you want to tell your story? Well, you know, basically, man, because I feel that it's, 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 it's needed. I mean, it's, uh, it's a must that people really understand the, the thing that we're going through. I guess you could classify it as a crisis. Uh, you know, dealing with the crooked system, dealing with uh, the black crime. I'm not going to target black or black crime, but the crime itself. unfamiliar to me as well and that's why I basically feel like sometime a lot of times man that we go unaware of what it is that we getting ourselves into and uh, 
and until we educate ourselves, and that's where the system come in at, where they begin to railroad us, especially us being, you know, the African Americans, that we not really up on all laws. We just understand that, okay, carrying a concealed weapon is bad. Having a lot of drugs is bad. But we don't really know the consequences and the time that it holds. And me being in a situation where it was me and uh, one of my co-defendants, uh, and we got in a situation, and my charge that was brought amongst me was constructive possession, which I never knew what it was, but when I found myself sitting in front of the judge, and he told me that constructive possession was knowing that someone else have possession of drugs on that person, I wouldn't have never thought in a million years that I would have got a 30-year sentence for that. Wow. <laughs> so you guys, did you hear exactly what he just said? So by knowing that someone had possession of an illegal drug, he was sentenced for how many years? I had a 30-year sentence, which I would have had to do 26 years and 11 months on. Wow. 30-year sentence, 26 years, 11 months. That's a story in itself, man. That's a lot of your time that you serve behind bars. I was a eight. I was uh, 18 years old uh, at the time of my arrest. I was 18 years old, and basically, I fought everything I could fight. Uh, tried every remedy I could try, except for ratting. I wasn't gonna rat on nobody because I put myself in that situation. And uh, I'm a firm believer: if if you play the game, then it, however it ends, whether you whether you prosper and become retired out the game or you do what you have to do meaning you just have to suffer the consequences um, and at the age of 18 I really didn't know what route to go meaning I didn't know what to do I didn't know how to go about fighting it uh, I didn't really have people to me I was a kid you know and that's the thing that I came to conclusion with myself and understood that I was a kid it ain't I didn't have no no hidden stash, no well, nothing like that. I was a kid at a young age, so I knew my family couldn't afford no lawyers and things like that. And we speaking of nine six, nine six, nine seven, you know, nine five, and that whole era right there. You know, people were getting it, but we, as kids, the younger ones, we was just doing it as a way of getting the things that we need and making it for ourselves, so we don't have to ask our struggling parents that's dealing with like my mom she had what four of us to deal with at that time you know what I mean and it was hard on her and I and and it's all deal with choices you know in life you got three C's you know what I'm saying the choice the consequences and the change it's all depends on how you categorize and what you want to do to do it man I like that choice change and consequences the consequences Man, I tell you, your story is truly, truly amazing. But one thing I want to get a better understanding is, like, how did it all start? You saying 18 years you was in this situation at the age of 18 year old? Well, I mean, with me, it came about being a youngster moving around. You know, my mom coming from California all the way to Mississippi, then ended up in, in Texas, and I guess with me being young, steady bouncing around from these states to state, like I did, not really being settled. You know what I'm saying? I'm never knowing 
where my next move gonna be. I mean, even when it comes to being in that particular state, even within California, man, my mama had to move me and my little brothers around. We went from South Central LA all the way to Inglewood. I'm 12 and 13 years old having an encounter with a gang bang. And you know, and it's real life, man. You know what people these days, they see it on TV and they just rip it through their social medias. And I'm glad you like said that. that. I'm gonna stop you right there and we're gonna pick back up, but I'm glad you said that. Social media has been uh, such an influence on some of our kids, uh, some of the adults too, unfortunately, those yeah, that are true. still childlike, right? Yeah. Um, to where the children or the youth and some of the people in our community are making choices, uh, living in uh, what is unreal, what they're considering their reality, but it's basically unreal because they saw something on Atlanta Housewives or they saw something on TV or they hear this rapper talking about um, selling drugs or doing this thing in the streets or buying up all these name brand clothes yeah. when they struggling to put gas in their car. I don't know, you have a car. <laughs> so, exactly. You know, yeah. and they're trying to live this life based on social media and what they're seeing in their environment. You know, we are such a, we, 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 we're so visual right now to where it's impacting everyone. And I mean, you being at an early age, bouncing around, not having so many people around you, but you basically came a product of your environment that was around you at the time. Yeah, and I mean, and you're right, I, I feel like, and that's another reason why I choose to, you know, come forth like I do, uh, or like I'm doing, is because I didn't have that. We didn't have social media as a platform to, or we didn't have Google where we could just Google and see YouTube and things like that, man. We had to, if we was out there, we had to see it first off. I couldn't sit back, you know, no disrespect to them boys, I couldn't sit back and watch baby on TV and see that baby say he a five-star general and just go solely off of that and then all of a sudden now I'm saying I'm a the same thing he is or the same thing Lit Thugger is. I didn't I couldn't do that. See even with my encounter in California, I actually had first hand of run in with a particular gang that they didn't care that I was twelve years old. They didn't care that I was a youngster coming home from school, headed home. They wanted to know why I was in their neighborhood dressed like I was dressed. And they actually made me come up out of that. You know what I'm saying? They didn't care about all that. Man, come up out of that. You don't belong in this neighborhood dressed like that. So you finna take the consequences that come with that. And that's what I'm saying. See, nowadays, you can, these kids can look on Facebook. They can look on the internet and, and rep, they make posters about things that they repping. But they don't understand that these these dudes that are doing it again, like I say, I don't have no problem. Each is his own. If, if, if baby them can sell salt to a snail and get rich off of it, so be it. But me, I have a better mindset of it. Meaning I'm not finna allow you to tell me that you're a five-star general and I just seen you two, three years ago wearing blue and now saying you wearing red and I'm finna consider you a leader. So really, I fought the youngsters that listen to that type of stuff because baby a millionaire. Baby somewhere right now sitting in the condo, he can diss all gangs or anybody he wants to. He never had to come encounter with them. 
He got enough money to buy whatever he need and bring it to him. These kids these days on these internets and these Facebook start plexing beef with each other and that's where the trick is. Because now when they run into the people that they beef with, they gotta own up to that. They gotta own up to it. You know what I'm saying? So 12, 13, tell us a little bit about that encounter. I mean, you, I know you said you had to switch neighborhoods and you know, that encounter was pretty much, they telling you to come out of your clothes, the colors that you were wearing at the time. Yeah, well at the time, you know, I was uh, at 42nd Elementary School, that's in California. And at this particular time, my old man had just moved over by Hawthorne Mall, which is Inglewood, California. And uh, basically, I was on the RTD bus. And I ain't gonna lie, you know what I mean? I'm, I got my little blue LA hat on, you know. I was a fan then. Uh, and when I got on the RTD bus and I made my way to Inglewood, it was some boys on there from uh, the Inglewood family, I wanna say. I'm really not sure. And uh, they let it be known that say, little youngster, you're not, you're not in the right attire to be over here like that. And I explained to him, man, you know, because I'm not aware of this. I mean, I'm aware of I mean, you're 12, 13 yeah. years old. You're not expecting this to happen at yeah. 12, 13. And, uh, and I just told him, man, I mean, what y'all want me to do? I mean, I'm not finna, I can't do nothing. I, I mean, I don't know no other way. I can't be pussy and just be like, you know what, no, nah, I ain't doing this or whatever. What y'all want me to do? I'm a youngster. I'm 12, like you say, I'm 12 years old. And they say, okay, I'll tell you what then. Well, you just finna have to suffer the consequences. They did what they did and I took what I took. But then after that, right then and there, at that moment, that very next day, I went to that neighborhood and that's how it all began. I went to the neighborhood and I asked the homies, Hey man, I gotta be scrapped. Cause I'm not finna stop wearing my clothes. This is all my mama can afford. I'm not finna stop that. You know what I'm saying? I can't. I'm not, I refuse to. So I got to defend myself the best way I know how. So the defending yourself became doing what exactly? It initiated and, and initially started by me just, I carried a firearm to school the next day. Uh, and that went on for about two days. I never actually seen the particular people that ran up on me, but now I'm starting to eyeball everybody in that particular affiliation. And I'm not liking none of y'all, because I know how it rolled, all y'all together. So now I'm not, and it went from that to me progressing over to this particular side now. You know, I know it, it, that's what split us, you know what I'm saying? That side over there just jumped on me for wearing this. So now, because I know I'm, I come from a family where we can't afford all them different things, but at the same time, man, I, I gotta stand up for what's right, man. I can't go tell my mama that's already struggling, hey, ma, I can't wear these clothes, so you gotta do what you gotta do to go get me some more clothes. Hell no, nah. it ain't finna work like that. She got enough burden, I got siblings up under me. You know what I'm saying? So I'm finna do what I gotta do. And it gradually moved me to that, to that, to that side of, the street, so to say, you know what I'm saying? Because I wasn't necessarily on that side of the street. They pushed me over there because this is where I got to seek help from. This is where I got to seek, you know, guidance from. You know, at, just at the age, I can only imagine the different emotions that you can have at that age, knowing that your parents can't only afford certain things and you're getting attacked, per se, yeah. because you're wearing a certain color. So now it's like, what do I do? 
So now I gotta try to figure this out on my own. So at that point, you felt like, hey, I gotta do something for myself here because my mom can't do anything at this point. Yeah, and that basically left me to the point where I had to make, because like I said again, like I told you earlier, everything is about decision. So that's why decision and choices. You know what I mean? You choose or make the choice to change. And with that change, you're willing to accept the consequence. That's why I say the three C's in life go with you with no matter where you at, no matter what side, positive or negative, the three C's gonna carry you through our life. You know, and I was taught that and I basically that's why I don't let that I don't let that be a reason. Meaning when somebody tell me you don't have a choice, nah, you had a choice. Like me, I had a choice. But I chose to do that because I felt at that particular time that's all I had to do. So being with that, I chose to change myself from becoming someone that's trying to do right and I changed to someone that's trying to just defend myself and was willing to take the consequences to do it. Hmm. So at that point, what was the next step for you in life? I mean, the next step for me was making the decision and the choice to try to do what I can to take, not only protect myself, but take the burden off my mama. And that's when I began to inquire. I was a curious kid. Not only did I want to know what it is, the reason why they jumped on me and get more inclined with games, I need to learn how to, what I need to do to make money. I need to learn how to, you know, because I'm not really with going to Crenshaw Swap Meet and stealing, because I've never been the one to steal. My nerves too bad. But I lay there and hustle whatever I got to do because it was in me, man. I come from a hustling family. I ain't come from no... My family gradually, my immediate family, gradually changed their ways and became how they are now. But, man, we struggled, man. I seen my mama and my auntie, they struggled, man. You know what I'm saying? And my mama a twin, so my auntie is just like my mama. And I seen them struggle. I seen them not ask nobody for nothing. They went out and got it on their own. You know what I'm saying? And I felt ready and being birthed from a lady like that. That's why I cherish and love and respect the women that I do, that I see out there grinding on their own. Because I saw my mama do it. I seen her go carrying us from state to state, not asking nobody for nothing, not even a plane ticket. She'd get it on her own. And I wanted to be the same way. I wanted to go get it on my own. I don't want nobody to give me nothing. Because I don't need you at the end saying you helped me do nothing. All right, so, man. Everybody out there has struggled. Many people's parents have struggled. Your parents struggled. And them struggling and what you've gone through have caused you to make some choices, like you said. And you had to suffer with those consequences. So, like, tell the people, though, with the choices you made, like, overall, and I know your mom moved from state to state, but how do you end up here in Texas? What took place at, at what given time? to say, you know what, you gotta come down to Texas. You gotta leave California and come to Texas. Uh, basically, after we went from Cali, uh, when we moved, my mom moved to Mississippi. And you know, coming from a big city like California, LA at that, moving to Mississippi, it was a slower setting. You know, you just gotta be real with it. It's a slower setting, meaning that it's not the same. You know what I'm saying? Which is good and bad because being in Mississippi, you know what I'm saying, and that's the aura of where my family from. That's all Mark. You know what I'm saying? That's the the homes, the home, the birthplace of the Bates. I just put it like that. That's the birthplace of us. 
I mean, you know what I'm saying? My grandma lived in the same, we've been in that same area since she was young. And I mean, it has its good and its bad because one thing about being in a slower, more country, smaller country setting, mm -hmm. they have different uh, morals in certain aspects of it. Meaning that they don't really cling to certain things. So it, like I say, it's all about how you apply it. And I guess with me having the best of both worlds, I got the city life in me and then I got the country aspect of it. So I'm able to understand that you only have one store to go to, meaning that you don't really have to worry about uh, the attire you wear or nothing like that. I get it. I am from the country myself. I am from a small town in South Carolina called Holly Hill, man. Yeah. And, and in order for us to get to Walmart, we got to drive about 35, 40 minutes yeah. to get to Walmart. So trust me, I yeah. understand when you say so. country, man. But I tell you, man, so when you got here to Texas, what took place? What happened in Texas? What took place to where it just, things just went from you transitioning, going from Mississippi, now you coming to Texas. Like what took place during that little era, you know, and, and led you to go to Texas? Well, basically once I, got, once I got to Texas, you know, through family or whatever, it was a bigger, it was big, bigger for me and more accessible to me to continue to move in the path that I would move. Meaning that when I kept saying that I wanted a better way for myself. Uh, and like I say, you know, with H-Town, it's there for you. Meaning you have the choice to make. When you come to Houston and you in Houston, you have the choice to, to either go right or go left. Because opportunities are here on both sides. You know, and, and like I say, in the era that I come from in the in the 90s, it wasn't just accessible to know anybody, man. You damn near had to show some type of, of not just toughness, but realness. Not the realness of today. The realness back then, you had to be a real stand-up guy. And uh, I just showed to be a real stand-up guy. My, my actions proved that. And I was given the opportunity to... Okay, little nigga, this is what you want to do. Here you go. Let's see. Now, you understand that if you get caught, you know what time it is now. You know you got to lay there, and that's yours if you get caught now. But if you don't, you know I need my money at the same time. Oh, you right. You right. I'm with that. Man, <laughs> I can only imagine how someone, and, and keep in mind, you're at what age at this time? I'm like 15, 16. So 15, 16, you running with big boy. Yeah. Per se. Yeah. Are you living the street life? Now, everybody's different, right? Yeah. So let me tell you, and just, just me, when I was 15, 16, you know what I was doing? I was playing ball. Yeah. Right? And, and yeah. it's funny because, and I, you know, I make jokes now with some of my colleagues yeah. because it's all about your upbringing. See, I was one of the ones fortunate to have both parents and my, you know, my parents ensured that, hey, we had an opportunity to just go to school, get an education. You ain't got to worry about getting no money. I mean, we ain't had everything, but my focus was on being a child. You know, some people, I tell them my age now, they'd be like, what? 
you still got a little kid face, you know? And I'm like, hey, I just thank God that, you know, my parents, when they say, hey, go play. You know, they gave us an opportunity to play. And, and um, it's just, when I hear people's stories like yours, my heart goes out to you and other people like you because you're not the only one. There's millions of people out there that's going to be watching this, that's currently watching this, um, and they, they have a story similar to yours. They didn't, they weren't as fortunate, you know, to not have to worry about that, you know. Uh, and, and it's funny because I was the kid always buying the lollipops that the other little boy had come to school hustling a quarter, you know, get four for a dollar, you know. And I'm thinking now as I'm older, I'm like, man, this guy was hustling in, in elementary, middle school. Here I am, like, yeah, I want a candy. I'm just enjoying the candy as a kid. You see what I'm saying? So it's it's different spectrums. But as long as you have the choice, the choice, what, what else we said? Choice, change, and consequence. So eventually there was a change. But we're going to get to that change. Definitely going to get to that change. But I always say, man, no matter the situation that you're in, you have the choice to choose happy. Because life is much better when you choose happy, man. Do you believe that? Of course. Of course. That's why I chose yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why I chose. Yeah, you know? man, I, I'm telling you. So, once you got here, and they, they these guys introduced this stuff to you, and you go out there, how did you end up getting a sentence of 30 years at the age of 18? Well, the, the amount of drugs itself is what uh, put me in that category of gave me that level of sentence because you know when you're dealing with the feds you they deal in categories and levels okay they don't just tell you you got 30 years they might be like man you got 323 months they gonna make you go lay down in your bunk and you gonna have to do the math and figure out what that is them folks just gave you so me personally when they first got me i didn't really just know exactly what i had now, uh, I was introduced to, you know, my co-defendant, and, uh, you know, we was on the verge of making us a little move and doing what we had to do to continue the process of what we was considered living back then, uh, and we was caught up. You know, not to go too far into detail for us on her, but, you know, as we got caught up, of course, you know, they say when shit rolled down here it started to get deep and so as you know once she got caught up it, it, it brought me along and in the process of bringing me along you know one thing about me I tell people in a minute man they gonna give you the option you know I tell everybody so when I hear them them stories about this that and the third back to how I'm here like I am because I know I'm first hand I know so I can't just go for no anything. I don't care what Google say or what Facebook say. Or what, I know this for a fact. They gonna give you the option. And when you say option, what option are they gonna give you? Well, they gonna basically give you the option like they gave me. They told me, okay, we just caught your co-defendant with three and a half keys hard. Three and a half keys of crap. And we basically know it ain't you. She already said it ain't you. So either you tell us who it is Oh, we finna railroad you. You know, and I'm thinking to myself, really? 
y'all really finna just, and then it started to play on me like, okay, I ain't never been in trouble before, so I'm finna take my chance. I ain't never been in trouble, I never even had a parking ticket. Wow, so you guys, I want you to hear this. Never been in trouble before. First time offense. Got caught up on what you call constructive possession. Constructive possession, okay? Now, for some of you guys that are, that are not knowledgeable, like myself, all I know is it sounds like a lot. Three and a half kilos sound like a whole lot. Don't know what the dollar amount is. I don't even, I'm not even really interested. Just know it's a whole lot when the feds come for you, okay? It's just a whole lot, all right? Um, so you got all this going on, right? And they come to you saying, hey, we're going to give you an option. Basically, they wanted him to rat on someone, okay? And we go back to the three C's again. You had choices. And he chose to... Stand strong, man. That's all I know. You know what I mean? I can't never... I would never put nobody in that position to be where I've been. You know, I can't picture my worst enemy being there. And they made it sound good, man. I'm talking about they even gave me the option of of, of leaving Texas. Man, go not leave H-Town. Nobody never got to know. They made it seem, the fair one thing about the thing is they make it seem real good. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, keep in mind, I'm a young kid. I'm 18 years old. I got a whole lot of life in front of me. You know what I'm saying? So it ain't nothing for me to go nowhere else. And, but I'm a real stand-up guy. That's why I look the way I look when I look at people now. Cause I ain't gotta say nothing no more. See, nowadays, everything is based on validation. Like people on Facebook, they they look for likes to validate who they are. You know what I mean? You might have somebody over here with 340 likes. They might be pussy, fake as a motherfucker, including females and niggas. You might be have somebody over here with just 10 likes, no comment, and the realest thing walking. Well, me, I look at that now and I laugh because I don't need that validation. You know what I'm saying? My trials, my tribulations showed everything. Because there ain't too many kids. Too many. And I say kids because at 18, a lot of us still are kids. Because okay. we still under the responsibility in the household of our parents. You know what I mean? Just like you got these grown-ass niggas that staying with their mama right now. At 30 and 35, them are kids. They just grown-ass kids. You know what I'm saying? And ain't too many kids in my position sooner them folks would have said 20 years fuck 10 years they were good they would have gave up the plug and their mama i'm just being real they would have gave up the plug and their mama but me i made the choice to do what i did and i took the consequences and when i went them folks didn't care about no first time offender they didn't care about none of that they couldn't even find me in the system and they went to both states they went to houston and mississippi couldn't find me in the system because I've never been in no trouble. i never done nothing. I never even had an ID, so that's how they couldn't ever do it, because I never even, what, I think I made it to the eighth grade in the last two months. So they didn't even have nothing in me in the system and still laid me down like I was a habitual criminal. Wow. So you mean to tell me you had no ID, so with no ID uh, and your, your, your situation with school, you stopped school at what age? Or what grade level? Like, you might well say seven, because I never even made it to the eighth grade. You know, I made it. Well, I'm going to say I made it to the eighth grade, but I never completed. I think it was maybe three months into it 
because uh, it kind of fall back to the fact of what I was telling you about the things that I took from Mississippi that I love is because my error and my trials and my mishap that I went through in California had already had my mindset set that this is what it's going to be. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to ride on this side of the fence, which I end up becoming a GD, which I love to death, man. I mean, that just ended me. Congratulations. I'm a, I'm a, I mean, it was a way of life for me. You know, you got Christian, you got Muslim, you, you got, you know, you got Vice Lords. I just chose to be a GD. And uh, I don't knock no other sets, organizations, gangs, or whatever. I was just a GD. And I I repped it and lived it to the fullest. Meaning, I, it wasn't this new wave stuff. Everything now about fashion and trending. Nah, that was real life. You know what I mean? And that also affected your getting money. You're not finna tell me that if we plexing with each other, we finna take a time out to get this money, and then we gonna start back, hell nah, nigga, we finna get it on wherever you at, wherever you at. And basically, that's how uh, things transpired, man. So when I went to the situation that I was in, I had to make that choice. Because I know if I tell on somebody, back then, when I make it to that yard, I wasn't gonna make it. I wasn't going to make it. See, and this is, I want to make sure that I get a good understanding. Because a lot of people feel like, you know, once you, oh, I just tell on them and these people going to knock the time off and they're going to do this and I'm going to basically be okay. But your name's still going to be on these four paperwork. Yes, it is. But that's the difference between now and, and, and then. Uh-huh. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. Now, they got some niggas that ain't going to play that. You got some family members that ain't going to play that. Regardless how the times is now, but now time nowadays everything revolves around money. Meaning that whoever got bread, if you can feed a nigga, clothes abroad, these niggas gonna ride with you. Meaning they gonna be your your gophers. They don't give a damn who you told on. If you can get them in a club and make them shine on on, on Snapchat and shit like that, they ride with you. And for this broad, if she can get to look like she somewhere in life. She don't care who you told on, man. She don't give a damn about jeopardizing herself, man. Long she can shine, and that's sad. And it, I mean, it's just real, man. Real. And I mean, I guess that's why I like I am because it's a lot of people fuck with me. They don't fuck with me because I'm popular. They fuck with me because I'm real. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, that's just what it is. But back then, you couldn't do that, man. Nigga don't give a fuck how much money you got. You tell on nigga, nigga finna come get you. And it ain't nothing for the send a letter to travel through that jail cell because one thing about the feds. That's different from the state like TDC that we have down here in Houston. In the state of Texas, Texas Correctional Department, it's just all niggas from Texas. Meaning whether you from Dallas, Beaumont, Houston, whatever. That's all. I mean, you might have a, a few along the way that might got caught up in Texas and they went there. But when you're in the feds, that's everybody. Toronto, Minnesota, that's everybody. So when you go there... It's, 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 it's real life, man. I mean, I'm not saying that they don't, they don't go hard in the state, but it's real life in the feds, meaning that you can go anywhere, man. Hmm. I might go write somebody from North Carolina. Hey, man, happy enough? You should see happy, man. She got dreads in her house, man. Hey, this is what she did. So you know what it is. And it's going to get done. You know, I, I spent like all together 16 years and 11 months in that federal system. Uh, I went in in September of 97. 
that came out in February of 2013. So it's been a long journey, man. That's that's from the age of 18 almost till I reached the age of 35. So that's a major gap that's missing. And and man, you have to be really mentally prepared. Because uh, some people do come out mentally messed up, or as they say, institutionalized, and it could affect your way of living, uh, making a transition back into mainstream society. But I kind of like took everything in me to prep myself for it, because you see a lot in there, you go through a lot. But I know that's just the basis of that world. That's the world that we was living in, I was living in. And I knew that's what I had to go through. So I couldn't allow it to get the best of me. And as I made it home in February of 2013, I think that's when I really had to realize that reality has kicked in. I'm not behind the walls no more. And I make karma work in good and bad ways. And I think because of the type of guy that I was, is where my blessings and good karma started to come in because I started reaching people and becoming intact with people that basically got me where I am today. And um, one of them is I'll never forget because besides my old lady, which is something, man, you, I'm talking about my fiance, man, is real, man. Because you're not finna even find too many people that's gonna ride and deal with nobody that's been incarcerated 16 years. They gonna burn off at the first chance they get. But she chose to live her life because I told her to live her life. And but she still made sure I was straight. And when I got to the halfway house, the second person was through one of my mutual friends named uh, Ty. Ty end up when I got to the halfway house, end up telling me to call this radio station and talk to this lady. And at first I was like, for what? You know, and then I end up tuning in, you know, at the halfway house. I end up calling and listening to this lady. And I was hearing this lady talk. And the lady was on a serious topic about the system and how corrupt it is. And everybody was calling and giving their input, their insight on how they feel it's corrupt, how it's messed up, and what could possibly happen to make it better. What can we do? So I called in and I gave my insight on the situation. And when I told the lady, you know, about me being gone at the age of 18, uh, how I know firsthand of how the system will corrupt, especially somebody that don't know no better. The lady very passionate, and she took to heart what I said. And when she asked me twice, she said, is that you, you speaking of? And when I told her yes, she broke down. And I mean, at first I was like, why is this lady crying? You know, but she very passionate about what she believe in and what she do. She take it to heart. So afterwards, uh, she told me I needed to call in and the next following show to speak about it. But in between the course of the time of her show, I had to find out who this lady was. And I had, my friend had told me, my mutual friend had told me that she'd be downtown doing what she do best. And that's standing up for what she feel right. And I took myself, I had got a pass from the halfway house and went downtown. 
and I saw Miss Parker down there protesting. And when I saw the energy and the effort that she was putting in on standing up strong, and this is a lady out there protesting something that should consist of more men than women, and she was standing strong. And I say, man, I got a lot of respect for that lady. And I finally got to meet her face to face. And Miss Papin, Miss Papin, a big inspiration, man, on everything and everybody that she touched, man. She, she, I'm talking about, she ain't gotta have everything it is, man, but she gonna make your way and give you the opportunity yourself. But the thing that I respect and like about her the most is the fact that she didn't judge me, she trusted me. And there's a big difference between judging and trusting. Because when you have somebody judge you, they're going to really basically judge, men, judge you and be judgmental off of what they see. But instead, she trusted me to be the person that I am and own up to what I, I say and be a man of my word. And if she bring me in, she bring me in on the whole sense that I'm a stand strong on what I believe in for is dealing with being a volunteer for her organization, which is Parents Against Predators. And the transition just began then. I mean, I, I, I began to be around her uh, whenever there's a function, whenever there's an activity. And I learned from her, I learned from her. And that's what kind of like brought me up to speed to where I am at now because I wanted to be someone just like her, man. Uh, you know, a lot of us have role models, and, and you know, some be Scarface, some be Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, man. Mine was Miss Parker when I came home because that lady real, man. That lady doing what most men won't even do. They'll sit right around and look at something going on in the community and won't even say nothing. This lady gonna put herself in harm's way and then stand on it. And I've been being someone that I wanna come home, not only be a motivational speaker, I wanted to be someone that they go out and try to help. And everything got to be always helped with materialistic things. It could be with your words, with, with something that, your story in other words, and that's something that she taught me because she put her story out there with the various things that she done been through. You know, good and bad, she going to give you all of that. And that's what I learned from, and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to put my story out there and be an impact on someone. It ain't got to be another dude that grew up in like me. It could have been a female that's going through the same trials and understand what she got to be faced with. And that's basically where I wanted to be. I wanted to just become either uh, be a motivational speaker, but also be a big brother to somebody. Because that's why I classify her as my big sister. And between her... And my fiance, man, they the strongest vessels that I had around me, man, along with my mom. So it's like right now, man, I'm big kudos to women, man, because, man, dudes, we just lacking certain things because we don't want to see nobody else outshine one another. Everything about outshining one another. And me, I don't care about all that, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm not even on the West no more. I'm talking about, you know, I got Southwest written on my arm, but I came home, I moved, fortunate to move to Katy. I mean, and, and that made me feel comfortable because I'm able to, I got a house a house for my kids to come be comfortable with, me be comfortable with, sit in my front yard, my backyard with, with no worries, bills paid. You know what I'm saying? And it ain't about outshining because I don't care about that. The competition stuff only lead 
to two things, plexing and downfall. That's it. So, you know, with me, I just, I want to do something different. One of the key things, man, I think, I think a lot of people, man, misconstrue or, or not really understand about it, that they'll never just get the full understanding about and why people dwell on making better choices and things in life is because I, I was there, man. I was one of them people, man, that, you know, you couldn't tell me that that my homeboys wasn't family. But don't get me wrong, now, I got some homeboys that I love to death. They like my brothers, you know what I'm saying? But now I also have people that I was with outside of the ones I call my brothers. And I look at the youth today and the teens today where they always repping one another real hard. And you're gonna always have out of that group one that's really sincere, but then you're gonna have some they're just there for the moment. And what that mean by the moment is, man, my first year, it wasn't even a full year, maybe months into my incarceration. Emptiness. Man, people began to fall off, man, at a rapid pace. I mean, people that you broke bread with, people that you was out there actually game banging with, I'm talking about getting money with, Man, when it was all said and done, man, nobody was there, man. I had a lady, I'll never forget, man. The lady's name is Miss Diane Good. I have a name tattooed on my arm. This was my homegirl, mama. My homegirl named Tiffany, Tiffany Good. And uh, we used to always be at Tiffany Good house. And her mama, Miss Diane, I call her Mama D. <laughs> uh, Mama D and Jolie used to always run us off from their house. Every time we come around, run us off, run us off. So we used to be talking bad about Jolie. Like, man, there go Jolie, man, let's go, man. You know what I'm saying? And it's funny and it's ironic that as soon as I went to jail, nobody there but my mama to help me. And out of the blue, man, Miss Diane and Jolie used to come see me. Used to send me inspirational quotes in the mail. Money. And it was uh, it was surprising to me because I'm like, damn, where are all my homeboys at? Where are all the niggas that, you know, I was out here doing criminal activities with, but now when I need them the most, they not there. And my girl, no matter how much I push my fiance out, man, go live your life, man. I got 30 years to do, man. She said, I am, but I'm gonna make sure you straight. And that's the same way Mama D was, man. Mama D, man, my, Diane, man, I love her just like I love my real mama, man. And they actually helped my mama out because my mama couldn't afford to keep trying to make sure I was straight for all them years. And that's the thing people need to realize, man, because when you in there, all that so-called bonding and real life, I mean, it sounds good out here. And it's cool right now. And right now, I ain't gonna lie, it's hard because I was there. That's why I tell people all the time, I am you. That's why I began and started to the catchphrase that I use when I tell people I am you because I feel like there's nothing that nobody can say or do that I haven't been through or been around. And one of them is self-claiming my homeboys as like no other, you know what I mean? And I couldn't see past the activities that was taking place. I couldn't see past the smoking. I couldn't see past the grinding. And you couldn't tell me that 
we weren't gonna never be apart until my incarceration came about, man. And so I just like to be real now. I came home not mad at nobody because I have a brother that's locked up right now. And But I mean, I'm making my business to send my little brother stuff because that's my little brother, that's my sibling. You know what I'm saying, my real blood brother. But now it is other dudes that ask me to do this and that, but I have a life to live. I have other things I need to cater to first, priority-wise. And if I get a chance, yeah, I go to them. But I will sit down and write, and this, that, and the third, because I know how it feels. Because ain't nobody even write me. Sometimes I get the wrong address and wrong phone number. But people ain't gonna understand that until you're in that situation. Because right now, you ask anybody in the majority of any neighborhood you go to now, you ask them about their home, boy, they gonna tell them, man, I'm gonna ride with them to death of them. Nigga, I'll murder somebody in this that shit sound good. That shit cool for TV and posts. But, man, real life, in the reality aspect of it, man, nigga ain't gonna do nothing, man. You know what I'm saying? That's just real talk. Man, one of the things that, man, that I think really I need to pinpoint for a lot of guys, man, especially you, man. You right there that's headed down that path, man. See, the thing about it is I'm not just talking about it. I'm gonna paint a picture for you. Maybe one that, that's not as in-depth as you have heard or seen before. But, man, when you inside that system, see, people always say, man, Chuck always dwelling on homeboys like he been hurt or something. Nah, ain't nobody, ain't, ain't no nigga messed over me. You know what I'm saying? I mean, things that I put myself in, I put myself in there on my own. But my thing is, I be wanting people to understand, man, as click tight as you are, and especially the ones that always... You know, especially in the, in the line of life, in, the, in that lifestyle that I chose to live when they be hollering, I'm a renegade or I'm, I'm, I'm a solo blood, I'm a solo cripple, I'm a solo GD. You know what I'm saying? I'm a GD over here, but I'm from this neighborhood. That ain't going to work inside that system. Because one thing about that system that people need to understand and realize is when you get in there, they're going to force you to make a choice and you're going to either stick with it. Just like with me. When I went to the system, I'm not going to lie. I tell people in a minute, because this world's small, and I know there's plenty of people that know me, that probably was even in the system with me, that you're going to have to make a choice. They made me make a choice. They made me choose either GD or either Houston. You can ride with either one. You're not finna ride with both of them. Just like if you go in there and you say, you, you know, most people say that we always go to jail and pick up the Bible. That's true in a sense because we're trying to get intact because we never know when our time comes. So you better be correct when that time comes. So picking up the Bible not a bad thing. But you still going to choose and have to make a decision that you either finna do away with your old life and walk a new path. Or you finna have to stick with that old life and ride through it with whatever consequences that come with it. Because it's not just about no other hood when you coming up. It's not just about no cripple, no blood, no genie, no vice lord when you go in there. You got Aaron Brothers, Mexican gangs, Chinese gangs. You got different various gangs and ethnic groups that's gonna ride for this by any means. By any means. I remember at one point, man, uh, I'm trying to think of what prison I was in. Because dealing with the feds, you never stay in the same spot. They float you around state to state. But I think I was in a state, in one of them prisons close by Florida. I was in Alabama, I think. And they had a situation where a dude, they had Jamaicans actually making dudes cut their dreads out their head. 
because they felt like they were false and misrepresenting their nature or their cause or their ways, but that was back in the day. The same way with Indians. Indians, when them real live Indians wouldn't allow other people to come and do inside that tent with them and exercise the beliefs that they believed in just because you say you Indian. Nah, they weren't going for that. You know, and it was a lot of racial wars that take place behind minor things, behind somebody taking a TV that they feel belong to the blacks or belong to the whites. And when they break off, a white boy not finna walk past you and say, okay, it's a it's a race war going on, but we gonna let you make it cause you quiet, you stay to yourself. Hell nah, if you a nigga, they will bust in your head and vice versa. Vice versa. Old or young. If it's if it pop off, it pop off. And that's the thing. So when I always dwell on the fact of how people say that they really with each other, that's the reason why. And that's why when I so claim to be still one of the oldest or realest ones, I don't, I'm not going to just self-claim that. That's because I stand on that. My loyalty run deep. And that's because I'm not going to just talk about it. You know what I'm saying? It's ways you can see when somebody really fuck with you the way they do. It's like me when I came home. I came home with nothing. Nothing. I couldn't wear them same clothes I had when I was 18 years old. I couldn't fit them same shoes, them same I came home to nothing. I ain't asked a nigga for nothing, but at the same time, if a nigga say they fuck with me, then you're going to be like, damn, bro, you been gone 16 years, man. What can I do? Now, I do have, outside of my immediate family, a few people that came through and, and blessed me, showed me love. Don't get me wrong. And them ones were nowhere in the picture. I'm talking about immediate niggas that you out here breaking bread with. Man, I come home to nothing. And the only person that really was there for me beside my mama and Miss my, Miss Diane was my fiance. That's it. That's it. And I'm a grown-ass man. I come home at 35, so what I look like? Going to stay with my mama. I couldn't go home and stay with my mama. I couldn't go. What I look like a grown-ass man? I don't even have underwear to change, man. No drawers to put on, man. So I shouldn't have to ask a nigga that. A nigga should be like, man, if I fuck with you, huh, nigga? But I ain't get that. So when somebody do bless me in any form or fashion that's keeping me on the straight path, of course I'm going to be loyal to him. That's how I am with Miss Pap. You know, between Miss Pap allowing me to even just be around her grace or presence, learn from her. Man, I'm loyal to that lady, man. That lady tell me, man, listen, man, these folks out of line over here, they disrespecting me. The organization. Man, I'm about to go do them something, man. No questions asked, man, cause my loyalty run deep, man. And that lady, that lady took me in when I ain't had nothing, man. And didn't even care. She ain't care about that. Just come on, man. I want you on the straight and narrow, so come on. And I, man, I salute to her, man. And that's why I kind of like be so much on friendship. Or as they say, brotherhood nowadays. Because it ain't always what people say, man. This, a lot of this shit right now, man, this world today is overrated, man. You know, and a lot of it is, you know, you just got to be real, man. A lot of it is fictitious, man. You know, people sit back behind them keyboards on their social media, and they might talk a good game. They might like every picture, be upping you up, talking about, man, I see you, boy, and all the time, man, wishing on your downfall. So it ain't always, you know, what it seems, man. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't have niggas 
And to be honest with you, I don't have boys come to me and tell me, man, listen, man, you back home, man. Um, you know I'm on now. You know I'm on. But now, I ain't going to just put you in the streets. I'm going to let you do it on your own now. I'm like, man, fuck it, man. I got to do something, man. Yeah, man, I'd be lying if I tell people when I first came home, man. I, I wasn't questioning what I should do, which which path I should take, which lane I stay. But I'm going to tell you, them niggas helped me, man. Them boys helped me, man. When I first come home, man, true story, man, when I first come home, I had a nigga tell me, man, you know what? Man, if you choose to get back in the game, man, huh, man, but you know, you grown now. You got to feed your family, bro. So, yeah, man, go on, do your thing, man. I said, man, fuck it, man, I'm going to come holler at you. Nigga gave me two grand. That's a hundred dollars. So not only do I have to get back on the street corner just to sell two grand, it wasn't nothing but a hundred dollars. What the fuck, man? I can't, man, my motherfucker, I can't pay no bills with that. So not only did you jeopardize me putting me back on the corner to sell it, how do you fuck with me? Oh, you fuck with me like that? You know what I'm saying? Then I got to get half of that away to get to, to let a person know it's real. So I just use that example for the show that Everybody that always around you or talk to you, I don't have you in your best interest. You know what I'm saying? I'm just going to be 100. That's why I self-titled my Instagram page, CB Mr. 100. Because I'm going to try to be 100 at all times, man. Even if it's correcting my wrong, I'm going to try to be 100 at all times, man. You know, so between me self-claiming myself to be Mr. 100, that's why I self-titled the program that I have now as I Am You. Because I am you. The same things you went through, I went through. Same things you about to go through, I already been through. And I just want to, because I ain't have, I think uh, this past weekend I was at Paul Wall Day 2016, and he said some real shit. He said, man, if we had people to actually give back the way we do now, regardless of what celebrity you are, if a celebrity gave us things or did what he do now and many others, kids would have been appreciative of because they would have been like, man, this come from, man, this come from power, man, this come from, and that's the same way I feel for us in the lane I'm in because I didn't have nobody to tell me, Chuck, man, don't do that. You know what I'm saying? I'm just going to be real. Them niggas gave me more kudos for busting a nigga head than they did when, for telling me don't do it. Man, that little nigga Chuck ain't playing no game. Say, little bro, man, I like the way you handle shit. And they're going to give me a pistol to go do you something. You know what I'm saying? So, And that's in any state. I don't ever change up, man. Here it is 22 years later. People still tell me I'm still the same way. I, my action's not the same way. Before my mind frame and the way I think it's still the same way. And it's going to remain that because that's just who I am, man. I don't give a fuck who you are. You know what I'm saying? I, I felt like I was a... A die-hard GD, man, tatted it up all over. Love that shit. But now at the same time, I find a vice lord that's, that's real and we have a mutual understanding about something, then I'm going to respect him at all costs. You know what I'm saying? But now as soon as a motherfucker get out of line, then I'm going to handle that. And that's how I take that, that mindset now as to put it in a more positive perspective now when I deal with people nowadays. Because... I'm not going to never judge you because I got a homeboy right now that, that has less than me. But they real. They the real real. Not this 
new wave real. And just like I have people that's that's some around that's of importance that give me the opportunity to be around them, to grow around them, to deal with them. Man, that's love to me, man. That's love to me, because these cats don't know me from nowhere. Especially like Paul. Paul ain't got to let me in his presence. And just for that alone, man, I salute and respect him and C-Stone, man. So, yeah, if, if, if push come to shove, man, yeah, I'm going to ride with them, man. Regardless, man. Because just like people always tell me, man, Chuck, you just now meeting half of these people since you've been home. And they right. Man, I ain't going to lie, they right, man. Some of these kids, some of these people I only knew within two years. And they done done more real shit and put me in more proper and righteous spots than niggas I don't knew my whole life. And to me, that's, I can't even explain it, man. You know, being at the age I am, I can't even explain it, man. But it just, I don't know, man. It just, I feel like I'm at the point now where I just got to be able to tell it to you. You know what I mean? Sometimes, man, you can hear a person's story and you can kind of decipher it for yourself. It's like gumbo, man. You got a mixture of a lot of stuff, but hey, you eat it and you take out what you don't want. And the rest you eat. You know? And that's how that's how life is. Life is just like a big pot of gumbo, man. If you just want the chicken and the shrimp, when you come across that, that chicken in there, Put it out. If you don't like the little sausage, like, put it out. If you just want to eat the shrimp, eat it, man. And that's basically how I'm going to go about life right now, man. I can't deny nobody from coming around me. But it's up to me to take in whatever they got, they had to offer and run with it. It's up to me to deny it. I ain't got to always exchange them. I mean, that's another thing a lot of people do nowadays. We can't keep faking with each other. We can't allow nobody to be in our presence soon they leave. We're telling the next person. Man, that motherfucker right there around me, man. I don't want that. Okay, because you know what I'm going to think? I'm going to think, well, what you talking about me when I leave then? I ain't got time for that, man. We on some grown folks shit now. That everybody be stressing that grown folks shit. They get money shit, but niggas ain't really about that. People just be talking, man. It's what they call, man. I had a counselor tell me one time, it's a, it's a such thing called lip service. And I ain't talking about it in a sexual aspect. Lip service is basically... When a person just speak to make themselves sound good, that's what lip service is. Somebody that's very equipped, it's like a, it's like a guy that's that's very knowledgeable about cars, and he can tell you all it is about a car and, and tell you so much about it. You actually think he's driving one for himself, but he ain't, he walking. And that's what we got to get away from. It's a lot of lip service going on, man. A lot of it, man. A lot of lip service, and and, and and it's a lot of people that's suffering with power orientation, self-gratification. It's a lot of that going on, man. So I try to avoid that. When I see them signs of them things, you don't have to be fake for me. Them signs right there is fake enough for me. So it's variousness or fakeness with me. You have different signs that I look for. I don't have to just... Oh, cause you fake, oh, cause you talk. Nah, nah, that shit don't mean nothing. Everybody do that. that shit don't mean nothing. You know what I'm saying? I look at other factors too, man. Life threatening. This is what I consider life threatening factor. Cause you're not meaning me no good, man. You're not meaning me no good at all, man. I gotta surround myself with people that actually don't mind seeing somebody else grow. 
I don't, you know, if I ain't got what it takes to be a good rapper, but I got this nigga over here that can rap good, then huh? I, I mean, regardless that I got all the attention on me, man, huh, man? Get them people what they want, man. And that's the path that I'm on, man. And that's why I like the people that I'm surrounded around now because they giving me opportunities to be great, man. And I love that. And because I'm not really as set as I want to be, and keep in mind that, because this is the first one. It's the first first step I got to take. Happiness choo chose me and gave me the opportunity. This is my first take. Like in a movie, this is my first take. So remember I said this, because you're going to see me again. That's why I say all the people that gave me the opportunity to be great. And when I say my loyalty run deep, it's going to prove itself, man. I don't do lip service. My actions speak for themselves, man. And that's why I make mental notes of everybody that I come across, man. That's allowing me the opportunity to be great without thinking twice about it. I respect that, man. And I take it in, man. That's real to me, man. That's, that's really the only thing a nigga can do for me, man. Give me opportunity is the best thing for me. You know, I love it to death, man. You know what I'm saying? Now, that's 100. You know what I'm saying? That other shit taking me to strip clubs or showing me cause you you balling or can toss hundreds and all that shit ain't nothing cause everybody doing it now. They got niggas to rob this nigga over here on this side of town, go over here and be throwing the same hundred that he just robbed that nigga for. So you never know who really doing nothing. Show me you real by giving me an opportunity. You know, give me open up a lane where I can be great myself and turn back around and tell you, man, I thank you. You know what I'm saying? That's what I mean by realness. So you talk about opportunities, right? Yeah. And uh, so coming out of the penitentiary, do they give you opportunities like as far as like jobs and stuff like that? What does it look like? Well, for us in the, in the, in the system-wise, they don't really give you no opportunities, man. And, and, and I mean, it's bad because... Now with the feds, they leave you in the halfway house, and you're only in there for uh, maybe six to nine months. Now they do give you opportunities for us helping you out with vouchers to get the proper identification you might need, driver license, ID, etc., things like that. If you don't lost your social security card, they make way for that. Before it's opportunities, man, they only going to give you that same green sheet that you can find at Fiesta somewhere until you go there. They're going to give you a, a four-hour pass, five-hour pass to go and try to get your own job and things like that. Ain't nobody going to give you nothing. So when you come home and you don't have nothing, and that's why I'm so hard, I'm not on on myself, because that's going to allow me and keep me from making the same mistake twice because I know how I feel. I came home to nothing. Nobody gave me a chance. Nobody gave me an opportunity. I had to go out and get it. You know what I'm saying? I had to go to job to job and fill out application. I didn't have nothing on either side. Some niggas come home to a plug. Some niggas come home to a job that's already there. I ain't have neither one. So I had to make my own lane and choose which lane I wanted to get in because ain't nothing there for you, man. So. Them all the choices, man, dudes got to make. All females got to make when they face to face with justice, the system. 
them are the decisions that you gotta make. See, because before they before they actually start killing us, that's what they way of getting rid of us, putting us in the system because they know we know everything it is when it comes to wrongdoing. We know how to cook dope, we know how to shoot niggas, we know how to game bang, we know how to flip work, but we didn't have a clue on what the charges was to everything that we were doing. We knew it was wrong, but we didn't know the charges and the amount of time that it carried. So just like most people didn't know that, you got a pistol and a clip now in it. If it ain't, if it's a hot pistol, yeah, you might get like five years for it or something like that. Or you might not even get a charge because it's not a loaded concealed weapon. All you did was tarnish, brandish it, or you know, show it. But they know we not, we so naive to that type of stuff. They'll take a dude with a pistol that's empty, now no shells in it, and give him 50 years. He gonna lay it down because he don't know no better. He don't even take the opportunity to go to the law library and look it up. Regardless to, to all the things that you go through in life, man, you gotta always have a positive mindset and a better view in life. And you gotta choose happiness. You know what I mean? You can't, you can't always consider a pity party as being your first option. You know, you can't always expect people to cater to your, your pity party. You gotta change your own mindset. You know, it was a thing a wise man always told me. Caused me to be in a more happier setting. That's why I choose happy. Even when it came down to my interview, who else would I want to do it for? But happy moment. So choose happy TV on your next event. <laughs> All right, man, it's your kid. It has been, oh my God, it's been one great interview with you, man. I appreciate you. This right here is one of, I mean, I'm talking about one of the best. I feel like it's gonna it's gonna hit home to so many people out there that's watching. I am just honored and I I truly count it as a blessing that this man went through and he survived and he conquered and he made a choice. Choose happy. He made a choice to make a change and be a better man for himself. Not only for himself, for his family. And I appreciate you sharing it to the world. Our stories may impact millions of people that are fighting and dealing with the same situation. But if we don't ever say anything, how are we going to be able to help someone? So, again, man, thank you. Appreciate it. It is much love. Much love and respect, man. As always, you guys know, life is much better when you choose happy. If you haven't heard, I don't know where you're at. Shit. Already. 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 Already.